and welcome to the NVIDIA AI Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kravitz. Today, we're exploring the realm of LLMs, large language models. Large language models are more than chatbots. They're reshaping the entire world of AI. And our guest today is Anamalai Chakalingam, a senior product manager in NVIDIA's developer product marketing group. AC brings a unique blend of tech and business expertise to the role with experience ranging from working on sustainable energy products at Tesla to strategy consulting with Accenture to writing firmware code for a defense contractor. Uh, there's a lot to get into here. Uh, and obviously LLMs are the, the word of the day um, with good reason. So let's dive right in. Uh, AC, thank you so much for joining the NVIDIA AI podcast. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to diving into the current and hopefully future a little bit uh, of LLMs. So welcome. Thanks, Noah. Excited to be here and excited to chat with you. Looking forward to our conversation and I'll share the little I know about this space. Excellent. Uh, so can we start actually back up just a little bit and share a little bit about your own journey into deep learning and then what drew you uh, to working on LLMs at NVIDIA? Yeah, for sure. So growing up, I've always been super fascinated about technology and computing and how it impacts everyone's day-to-day -day lives, right? We've seen the transformation from having no personal computers to no cell phones to now having cell phones and the pr proliferation of technology, the web, and now you can you know, even order a car to come at your doorstep at any right. moment in time. Right. And I've always been super fascinated about that. And uh, I'm an engineer by heart and by, by practice. So I enjoy delving into the details of technology and understanding how these things work, very inquisitive. And my path has kind of led me to deep learning and LLMs and super fascinated about the impact that it can have on society in general. So if I did my homework uh, correctly, you did a joint MBA, master's in computer science and business. And then that kind of set you, well, I shouldn't say set you, you're probably already on the path. But then uh, from there, you kind of moved through some of these uh, different experiences uh, we were talking about in the intro. When did you, so maybe tell us a little bit about that and then um, about when you joined NVIDIA and what your, your current role is like. So I did electrical engineering in undergrad, learned a lot about, uh, about engineering and how things work and, and lower level compute layers. And that's kind of how I did uh, firmware engineering for a defense contractor. Gotcha. And from there, I was always someone who was interested in learning about the broader business impact and, the, and how these, uh, these technologies can affect people in, in unique ways, right? And that's kind right. of what led me to strategy consulting and then the grad school at NYU to learn uh, a little bit deeper about both the technology as well as how it impacts people and businesses. And I joined NVIDIA about a year and a half ago and then have been spending all my time on the world of LLMs. I, I like to say that I started on LLMs before ChatGPT was a thing, before <laughs> LLMs were a thing. So kind of... Uh, with, our, with our ever shrinking, uh, you know, timeline of history here, that's uh, that that that's not just, um, you know, what do they say? It's not just window dressing, right? It's a thing. You're an OG. So, <laughs> yeah, so are you exactly. out Are you out in uh, on the West Coast near NVIDIA HQ? Or are you in New York? Where are you located? I am out in HQ right now, uh, close to HQ cool. in, in the how's, South Bay. How's California been treating you? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, beautiful, sunny California. Lots to do, lots to explore out here. Uh, and enjoying a, it. Well, as a fellow uh, New York City to California transplant myself, uh, you know, I feel like I can say welcome. So welcome. So let's get into it. Maybe we can start, since we've got you here, can you 
give the audience kind of a succinct definition of what an LLM is, and then uh, I'm sure you'll have no problem kind of diving a little bit deeper. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question, right? There's been a lot of noise and a lot of buzz generated by you know, generative AI, LLMs. But the way I think about it is that LLMs are a subset of the larger generative AI movement or the paradigm. So LLMs are kind of like deep learning algorithms that can deal with language, right? They can recognize, summarize, translate, predict, and generate language. And language is, is kind of the code of thought, right? It's, it's the way humans think. So the key differentiator between LLMs and kind of other uh, model architectures is, or, or, or other areas is, is this model architecture called transformer networks, right? There's a, there's a very close connotation between LLMs and transformer networks. Transformer networks were kind of uh, a seminal piece of work released by Google back in the 2017 attention is all you need paper. And it's yep. kind of changed how we do things, right? You can, you can trace model. the, the authors on that paper. You can trace them out to like so many of the companies doing the LLM stuff. Now it's wild. Uh, exactly. Right. They've kind of, um, started this entire wave and, and, and this, this, uh, ecosystem. Yeah. Right. So these models are, are, are deep, uh, neural networks that are built using unsupervised learning techniques. So the key differentiator is that you don't need to spend time labeling all your data and, and uh, making sure that uh, they're, they're prim and proper. You don't need to do all that work, right? Right. You can just feed it into this, this magical model, model architecture. And then after throwing a bunch of compute at it, it'll learn all the underlying patterns and can understand the world and, and can talk about a whole bunch of different topics. It's you know general knowledge and not targeting a specific problem. Right. You know, I'm curious. I'm curious your take on it. You know, the the chatbot interface with ChatGPT certainly was a watershed moment, and you know, drew an enormous amount of of early interest and in people actually going on and creating accounts and using it and and everything. Generative AI was kind of in the getting mainstream ish a little before that with some of the in, image generation models. The relationship between LLMs and chatbots, and maybe you'll get into this through the conversation. Is the chatbot sort of just the beginning for how we interface with LLMs, or is it really a um, you know a paradigm in and of itself that we're going to look back on? Yeah, I, th I think that's a great question, right? Chatbots are, are, are of course, the, the first signs of success that we've seen of how to leverage this this underlying technology. It provides a great user experience of how you could you can you know talk to uh, a bot just through natural language and get back responses about a whole bunch of different things. Right. are incredibly useful. But I'm sure, you know, as, as this uh, space evolves, we'll see different application type user experiences that, that pop up, right? Something that we're also seeing is a lot of traction in, in you know, search, right? right. How, do you, right. how do you search? Not necessarily a bot interface, but uh, just, yeah. just how do you search and, and a whole bunch of other things. There were, there were jokes, you know, I don't know if they were flying around, but sort of bad jokes. I remember, you know, making and hearing from friends about how like, the chatbot interface was both the most like brilliant breakthrough to bring this technology to the masses and also like throwing the whole field of personal computing back 30 years to DOS, you know, kind of at the same time. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Chatbots have been around for a while, right? It's, it's yeah. nothing new that's yep. come out. It's, it's really how you augment those chatbots with a brand new technology and the experience right. is completely different Absolutely. now, right? It's undeterministic. Like the responses that you get each time from these bots are not the same. And that's partly the excitement where right. you can ask it anything and, and it'll somewhat uh, give you a different response every time. Yep. 
So let's get into what's going on at NVIDIA with LLMs and the work you've been doing. Obviously, NVIDIA at the forefront of AI, but talking about LLMs, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but talking about NVIDIA's work with LLMs, can you lay out for us kind of how the company, how you view the potential, the opportunity, and the challenges ahead? Because um, it's, you know, for, I mean, I think we just talk about it all in terms of the big explosion of generative AI and, and LLMs and chatbots. And it's new stuff for a lot of folks out there and in the business world and all the different areas you play in. So, you know, maybe you can give us kind of an overview. Yeah, I think I think I think you you hit it right. Like the promise of LLMs are enormous, right? It's going to impact every industry, it's gonna impact everyone's society, you know, from developers to enterprises to startups to consumers and and how we kind of live and operate. Um, the promise is enormous, right? And ChatGPT, like we talked about, has has showed that that the early signs of success of this space, right? Right. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, applications and enterprises particularly who are who are tapping into this and and are, and are trying to drive innovation, trying to de- develop new customer experiences and also using it in their internal operations to become more efficient and gain a competitive advantage, right? That's kind of like the early early areas that we're seeing. Right. But, you know, we're still in the early early days. There's lots of lots of work and lots of innovation still to be had. A lot of what we see in terms of products is still very researchy today. It's not necessarily battle hardened. Uh, what what is true today may not be true tomorrow. Right. Um, and there's that a lot, lot of <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of new research coming out and how how do we better do things right with LLMs, right? So there's a lot of focus on how do you how do you productionize and operationalize LLMs now that the core underlying work behind how do you get Decent responses from LMs are done. It's like, okay, now how do I scale it? How do I productionize it? How do I operationalize it? How do I serve it for millions of users? Yeah. How do I make sure that my uh, LM applications and systems I can build in a safe and trustworthy manner that's somewhat repeatable and and not necessarily hallucinating all the time? And and how do you verify what comes out of the model, right? And so, just to hone in for a second, when you talk about uh, use the word safe and talk about safety in in this context with LLMs and in particular and AI safety more broadly, do you have kind of a working definition or, or or how would somebody who doesn't quite get what that means? How would you define AI safety? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question, right? And like I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you know, kind of because I know it's a little bit tricky. But but in thinking about an LLM that's generating some sort of language output. What is what does safety mean in that context? Yeah, so I think I think when you think of safety, you want you want something that is trustworthy, right? You want something that is reliable. The, the, the measure of safety also depends on the kind of users you're serving and the applications that you're building. What is safe in one application may not be safe in another application, right? So, for instance, you're uh, you're building a customer service uh, chatbot for your enterprise. So, what is safe in that domain is you know you don't want to talk about your competitors or you don't want to talk about uh, your internal business workings, but that that very same thing may be safe in another on their domain or other space. And like AI safety is, you know, it's it's about responsible development and and trustworthy and repeatability. So that those are kind of the three big areas. Got it. So it's not like a blanket sort of. Um, we don't want it saying the. <laughs> I'm dating myself with the FCC's seven naughty words. Like it's much more than that, and it's also context and sort of situation specific. Or it can be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this problem, you know, you can solve it every layer of the stack, right? You can right. solve it at the model layer where you're trying to, you know, train it on verified data sets. Or you can also solve it at the application layer where you're 
kind of putting guardrails around your model to figure out, okay, this is safe for my application or not, right? So right. It's, it's a combination of, of, of a whole bunch of things of how you can solve these problems. So I've gotten the sense, uh, mostly from hosting the podcast, but some, some events I've been to uh, um, in the past few months as we record this, from, you know, every once in a while, I get to rub shoulders with engineering folks who are, are building the things we're all talking about, right? And the sentiment I kept hearing over the summer in particular was, I've never seen things moving so fast. The Like, yes, you know, whatever product you're talking about, whatever research paper we're talking about is a huge step forward or a notable step forward, but it's not slowing down. There's like new ones every day. Is the pace as we record this now kind of in, in early fall of 2023, is it still breakneck pace? Is it slowing down? Is it even speeding up more? What's What's the the rate of development in the LLM world? Yeah, I mean it's 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 quite astounding, right? It's it's very hard for everyone to keep up uh, with with the pace of innovation, which is also very exciting to see how developers and the community is coming together to really accelerate the pace of innovation. Um, there's a lot of you know work done by uh, developers in the open source community, so it's you know yeah. it's allowing it's all, allowing everyone to uh, to really understand and keep up with the pace of innovation, just because things are open source. But I think there's another trend that, that is kind of very interesting, right? Before there used to be a lag between what was research and what was product. Mm. And today, now a lot of product is research and research yeah. is product. So that kind of changes the mental model of how, what people are doing. And when they launch research, it's almost a launching a product and it comes with entire muscle of launching a product. Right. They're not launching right. just a paper anymore. It, no, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because I um, I associate it with kind of the the mobile phone, the smartphone um, revolution or whatever word, kind of the first wave of, you know, in the 2000s, talking about how everything, um, and then software coming out after that and, and the app stores, and talking about how everything was released in beta, right? So releasing in beta was sort of derogatory for like a piece of hardware that wasn't quite, had too many bugs. But then we moved into this era where it was like, well, no, we're moving to software and, and everything online with the internet and everybody's got a, an internet computer so you can ship and then update and, and ship again and update and so on and so forth. And it's almost like it's even a step, I don't want to say backwards because it's not backwards, but a step closer to the, you know, it's like, oh, forget beta, we're in the age of research, you know, and everybody's shipping these things out and then being able to collaborate on them. And anyway, sorry, it's, um, it's just, even from the outside, it's amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, we have a strong community, right? And, and like we're, as NVIDIA, we're kind of seeing it all and seeing many of these developers building on the NVIDIA AI platform, right? It's been kind of years in the making for us. We've seen the entire AI wave really take off. There's there's several, you know, over 1,600 generative AI companies today building on our platforms in combination of of our of our full stack solution, I mean, hardware, software, so it's so I want to get, uh, a little later, I want to get into some of the specific NVIDIA uh, NVIDIA tools and frameworks that are available. But before we do, you talked kind of at the beginning and and um, it's in your background. And, and from my own perspective, I'm fully the same way that one of the great things about working with technology and technology is seeing it help people in real life, in everyday life and big problems and small problems. What are some of the problems that LLMs and, you know, kind of this wave of Gen AI powered by LLMs, what are some of the problems that they can actually solve, um, you know, kind of in 
computer science, so to speak, and then also more broadly? Yeah, I think I think AI is, is not necessarily new. It's been around for quite some years, maybe the past decade or so, and there's been different people trying to hack away at the problem at different phases in time. But over the last decade or so, we've kind of seen AI uh, or traditional AIs, as I like to call it, right? It's, right? it's largely around understanding the world around you and detecting patterns within data for solving specific use cases or specific problems in specific domains, right? These models don't necessarily know about everything, like in this new wave of generative AI, right? They're, they're general in, in sense, and they, they can be used for not only understanding the world around you, but generating uh, new content that based on, you know, data it's trained on, based on its understanding of the, of the environment the world, right? And this general capability has, has, has really happened now because of kind of like three key innovations that have happened over the, okay. over the past few years. So the first is the availability of large-scale data sets. Right. You know, we as, as users have been kind of uh, putting everything on the internet, some good, some bad, right? All the way from <laughs> funny videos and, and, and to very educational content for science, pop culture, or you name it, right? Through all these different forms. And all this data is now out there and available. And it's, it's a trove of information for these models to learn from. And we've right. figured out how to effectively scrape the internet for this mountains of training data, oftentimes. You're building these models and trillions of tokens is, is a common theme these days. The second is advancements to compute infrastructure, right? You're able to crunch these mountains of data in, in somewhat of a reasonable time frame, right? There's been a lot of advancements in hardware. You get access to these hardware. You don't need to go build out your own entire data center or, right. or put it all on-prem. You can you know, easily access through the cloud or, or th there's ways to access computer infrastructure and the power of computer infrastructure is incredibly powerful. And the third is, is these advancements in AI algorithms like the transformer architecture, et cetera. So there's been a whole bunch of model architecture innovations, which have all utilized uh, the unsupervised learning techniques. Particularly, you know, you can figure out just from a whole bunch of data that you feed it, what are, what are all the different patterns, what are all the nuances, what are all the intricacies, and pay attention to some of the most important data and disregard some of the data, right? And you can really learn. And, and all those algorithms have really come about now. And the second piece is, you know, since you're oftentimes these models, you know, you need thousands of compute nodes and you, it's a distributed computing problem, right? And, you, and we figured out a way to how, how do you process these data in a non-sequential or parallel fashion. So you can take this large compute problem, kind of decompose it into smaller bite-sized chunks so that these computers can, can really hack away at one small problem and then feed it back into the larger system. Like how do you divide data, models, et cetera. So those are kind of the advancements that have, that have really allowed for us to come to this generative AI wave. And so what are some of the applications that are, you know, starting to emerge? And it's, it's early days, right? Just to remind ourselves, remind everybody that even though it feels like, you know, there's been so much and, and there have been so many advancements still in kind of the early innings of, of generative AI. Um, but what are some of the applications that are out there, whether again, research or product or, or things that, you know, just being thought about beyond chatbots. Yeah, so so language is super interesting, right? You can encode all knowledge in the world to some form factor of language, right? There's a lot of language that's embedded in all sorts of ways. And it's kind of the way humans think, right? Language is the way humans think, humans communicate. Language is also the way machines think and machines communicate, right? We send uh, machine understandable language, which is code uh, to these models. And it's also the way, you know, biological systems think, right? 
they think through molecular structures or, or proteins. The language of biology is, you know, these proteins and molecular structures. Right, right. So, so language is kind of the, the, the way yeah. of thought, the way of thought for almost every system. Yeah. So when you're able to understand language and, and generate new language, it's almost like you're, you're, there's a new computing paradigm that, that's coming up, right? And largely there's like five broad categories of things that you can do with language. You can generate, you can summarize, can translate, you can instruct, or you can chat, and you can talk to everything through natural language. And language is beyond just text, right? Right. And instruct meaning like give a computer an instruction, kind of exactly, or take an action, right? Not just a computer, but yeah, no, yeah, important point. Well said, yeah, yeah. And it's across modalities, right? Like you know, across machines, across humans, across biology. Any domain has a language of its own. You can you can kind of go solve that. And with a combination of these modalities and actions, you can build applications, right? So every application will do a combination of generation or summarization, translation, et cetera, and you can solve any problem. And there's kind of like different user experiences and, and type of apps that you can build. Chatbots are one, of the, one, one big one. Right, right. Talk about, right? About. Second is like search, right? Mm-hmm. How do you search this data, particularly in the enterprise? So, so the, 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 and then how do you create uh, content or, or how do you analyze information? The, the one key thing that we're seeing is this concept of retrieval augmented generation. When you connect these uh, models to other data sources or third-party APIs, these models just get that much more powerful, right? If I can ask a question about, it's, it's like, think you're a human, right? If I give you the, the access to Google, you're just that much smarter and you can, you can figure out things as you learn by right. doing a Google search. Similarly, if you give these models access to information that it didn't have before or um, information that is live or current, it can reason through that information to give you more appropriate responses. Right. So you're talking about two types of retrieval, one from, you know, live sources online, being able to, you know, go to a, browse the web, go to a URL, wherever else. The other, I think we're talking about training an LLM that's already trained on, you know, the corpus of the internet and books and everything else up until whatever cutoff date. And then also saying to it, hey, here are here are all the recordings of the NVIDIA AI podcast ever. And so you're also going to be trained on that specific body of knowledge. Or here is, you know, an enterprise customer's HR, you know, body of HR documents so that you can train it to also specifically grab from what you've pointed it to. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's kind of like two, there's kind of like two ways of customizing like model, right? Like I think we talked about it when we talked about safety a little bit. You can yeah. customize the models themselves to understand the, the knowledge better. And that's through concepts like RLHF or fine tuning or these different customization techniques that you see popping up, right? There's, there's entire work of, of things going on there. The second is at the top layer, at the application layer. It, you know, at runtime or at inference time, which is where RAG fits in, right? It's retrieval mm-hmm. augmented generation. You can retrieve from data sources at inference time. At inference and, time, and, okay. And, and a lot of information is not necessarily always in the internet, right? There's enterprises have troves of, troves of data that are proprietary. They want to keep within themselves. So how, do, how does a business leader, for instance, talk about, uh, understand maybe, you know, what their sales was for the past quarter. Right. All that information is encoded somewhere in that enterprise's knowledge base. Right. So you can really talk to your 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 data through the power of uh, which LLM. is for for those who've worked 
in an enterprise situation, you know, I, I think it's probably universal across whatever your your discipline, you know, your your uh, product or, or your area of the company is, that once you hit whatever the critical mass is, it becomes incredibly difficult to to leverage just all of that institutional knowledge. And so, I mean, LLMs applied to that situation. When I when I sort of stop and think about it, it's kind of mind blowing the potential there. Exactly right, and and we're still in the early innings, right? We're just starting to see these enterprises yep. having access to this technology. So more to come and, and let's see how, how this shapes yeah. out. So the word ecosystem is a word that's used a lot uh, within technology and certainly within NVIDIA and talking about how hardware and software work together. Let's talk about LLMs in the context of what an ecosystem is for an LLM and kind of how NVIDIA is involved. What's NVIDIA's role in the whole sort of stack or ecosystem that LLMs live and thrive in? So NVIDIA, you know, we, we build kind of full stack computers and, and we call it accelerated computing, right? We, we try to re-engineer all layers of the stack from the chip to the systems optimization layers to the application layers. And we try to build full stack solutions for each domain. And LLMs are, are a domain that needs a full stack innovation and computer to run on. And, and, and this is a data center scale distributed computing platform. Data center is becoming the computer and apps run on the data center of computers right. while being consumed at the edge on personal devices and, and different kind of right. form factors, right? right? So we have a multi-layered stack of offerings and, and partner uh, offerings that uh, developers and, and enterprises can engage with us on, right? At the very bottom, we have the compute infrastructure layer where we continue to innovate on with specifically things like hopper architecture, right? So this is where, you know, the GPUs live and, and these computers uh, run, run kind of compute and, and do math problems. Right. And then, the, and then the next layer is kind of like the systems optimization layer, right? Since you need kind of thousands of nodes or, or hundreds of nodes to do many of your compute problems, how do you kind of run those problems across these different compute nodes? So there's a lot of like parallelism techniques that we have innovated on and the community has in innovated on, and we welcome everyone to do that. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, the, that's that layer. And the next layer is what are the right models and right model architectures, right? So this is, you know, we've talked about transformer models and there's a whole bunch of different variations of transformer models that are out there. And, there's a lot of work going on there, and we, we are also continuing to innovate at that layer. And then once you have these foundation models, which are trained on a large uh, data sets, then oftentimes you, know, you, you kind of need to figure out uh, how do you customize these, right? How do you customize these models and uh, to make it useful for your particular applications, or how do you make it safe for your application? Right. right. So we have a whole bunch of offerings at that layer as well. Some, some which are, you know, NVIDIA built like Nemo, uh, Triton, TransferRT, LLM, et cetera, that help with model training, model customization, model inference, and as well as partner offerings like, you know, Hugging Face or DeepSpeed. So, you know, developers and, and the community has choice of what they want to use right. at any layer of the stack. Right, right. And then at the very top, you know, there's, there's how do you build application systems? Um, and there's a lot of work going on there. So, so our kind of pitch is, you know, we offer the full stack accelerated computing platform. Developers and enterprises, you know, they can choose from our depth and breadth of offerings at any layer of the stack and we welcome them to engage with, with us. And our ecosystem currently spans over 4 million developers 
1600 plus generative AI organization and plenty of apps being built on, on top of our platform. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what Nemo is, Nemo Guardrails, and kind of the associated, anything associated with that? But Nemo is a name I've been hearing recently. Yeah. So, you know, Nemo is, is, is kind of a, um, a, a platform for building, customizing, and deploying generative AI models anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, developers can use uh, as a framework or as a service or, or in different form factors to develop their generative AI models and deploy them anywhere and customize them for their particular use cases, right? And, you know, recently we launched things like Nemo Guardrails, which, which help with, you know, AI safety. So they're kind of like an application layer offering that allows you to add guardrails to your application specific to your application. So it's like a programmable toolkit. You can go in and program different things to, to align get it that, to your... situation-specific safety... Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. And kind of like the inception of all, all this, all this layer is, is a layer underneath, right? It's, 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 a, con- it's a research contribution that we did uh, to the community with, oh, with the Megatron LM open source GitHub repo, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like a seminal piece of work in the community that, that really helps with how to utilize all these advanced parallelism techniques on uh, NVIDIA's GPUs and many models and many frameworks today are built with a derivative of Megatron LM. And, and, you know, we even used, used some of these technologies to build some of the largest models at the time in 2021, which was called mm-hmm. Megatron 530B. Right. So it was a 530 billion parameter model, very large. It was state of the art at the time. And, and now, even now, we're continuing to build models. Thanks. And still arguably the best named LLM that I'm aware of anyway. <laughs> it's tough to beat Megatron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're focused on taking all these product, all these research innovations that we're continuing to do across the across the stack uh, to the enterprise with NVIDIA AI enterprise licensing that comes with you know, enterprise and production grade support, stability, course, yeah. security, and allowing you know enterprises to shorten their time to market, gives them an easy easy to use set of software that is that's ready to go. Excellent. So we've we've delved deep into kind of the the near. Uh, near past and certainly the the present moment, um, and this is the unfair question that everybody wants to hear the answer to. What's next? W- where do you see LLMs headed? You know, next three years, five years, even three months out from now, we may have a, you know, some something really important that that comes up. But where where is it all headed? Yeah, I think we're you know I think we briefly touched upon it before, but like we're still in the very early innings of LLMs. We've we've seen a lot of people really focus their energy and efforts on building the tools and platforms to make these uh, to make this technology successful. And now we're starting to see more and more people trying to build scalable applications to go to their end users or, and enterprises. So that's kind of like the next wave of, of, of things that I see happening, right? So it goes back to the question of how do we make these models useful for specific applications? You know, there's a whole bunch of customization techniques that are coming up. You know, RAG as a concept, right? Retrieval augmented generation. How do you connect these LLMs and make powerful systems? By by, uh, what's what's the best way to do that? How do you productionalize? How do you productionize and operationalize these LLMs efficiently and cost effectively and scale these systems? You know, how do you build trustworthy LLMs? But more importantly, I think generally it's going beyond language. Right? We're seeing a lot of question. Language for machines, code, code LLMs are mm-hmm. a big thing. Multimodal LLMs. So mm-hmm. when you augment your LLM with other modalities like visual or visuals or audio, 
you give this that much more knowledge to the model and it becomes just that much more useful, right? Think you as a human, right? The, the stuff that you can understand just through text, if you if I augment augment that with, you know, some visual or some audio, it, you just understand it better. Words, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's the um, same concept with these models. We had Dr. Jim Fan on the podcast not too long ago, and I've been following him online and he's got these great, you know, pretty pithy little, uh, usually a video with a caption kind of explaining. And um, that was the first time I saw, you know, I knew of the concept of multimodal LLMs and um, we talked about it a little bit on on his appearance on the show. But following him was the first time I saw, um, saw it in action and saw, you know, the LLM analyze a picture. I think it was a picture of like a, a toolkit and an instruction page next to it. Is basically just, you know, do I have the right tools for the job? And just, you know, there, exactly. there's something about just seeing it with a very sort of simple, simple concept. And then you realize how complicated it is to parse that out. And it's just, it feels magical. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like models behave the same way, right? They, they kind of think in a similar fashion, right? You give them more and more information across modalities. They're just able to understand and generate better things. Yeah. Right? They, they're able to understand context. Better. So one of the things that, that, I've encountered recently from some folks who were kind of in the business world, but, you know, interested in this stuff and following it on their own, but not necessarily, you know, a, a research scientist or, or software engineer. They're sort of wondering about kind of that, the application layer, right? And if the models themselves are still changing so rapidly, how do the applications sort of keep pace or, you know, how does it all work with developers? So, NVIDIA works with a lot of developers, a lot of generative AI companies and all, all other kinds of AI companies, as you mentioned. Um, do you have advice for, you know, folks who want to dive in and play with LLMs, even use some of the NVIDIA tools you talked about? Um, and I was I was thinking kind of more broadly, you know, business-wise about mm -hmm. how fast it's changing. But, you know, sort of open open question, what's your advice for developers? Yeah, I, th I think the space is moving fast. So I think the best way to learn is just to get your hands dirty and get started somewhere. You know, there's, like I said, there's, you know, it's a multi-layered problem, whichever problem that you're most interested in solving, go try to tackle it. You know, obviously the first thing that anyone should do is to just experience the power of these things, right? Yeah. Go, go use some of the popular applications out there, like ChatGPT, for instance, and just start playing around with that, understand and figure out how these, how those things work. And then, you know, if you want to get a little bit deeper, go ex experiment today with some of the more state-of-the-art models, right? You can find more state-of-the-art models out in the open source, or you can also go on NGC today to find a bunch of pre-trained models, you know, across different uh, domains and different types of capabilities. You can also experience it on, on there today, right? And then it's it's that journey, right? It's that, like, first you experience it and you dig dig a little bit deeper, dig a little bit deeper, figure out what tools work for you, figure out what don't tools don't work for you. So just start somewhere, you know, you can use cloud APIs or, or other things to just start. So I think that's the big piece of that. So start today. And, you know, we're offering kind of hands-on training and practical guidance for anyone who's interested to learn and get deeper into this space uh, on the November 17th. Uh, so join us on LLM Developer Day to, you know, get access to NVIDIA experts and learn uh, from, from them on how to, how to best uh, develop applications in fall of uh, 2023. Excellent. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, and this has been great. It's kind of a nice mix of relatable and and easy to follow, but also getting under the hood a little bit for you know 
or I should say of this technology that's really just kind of captured uh, many forms of imagination, let's put it that way, over the past year or so. So to put you on the spot one more time, you've already kind of predicted the future a little bit. You know, any any words kind of in some, whether it's, you know, parting wisdom, insights, advice for folks listening out there um, from the world of, of LLMs at NVIDIA? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of innovation happening, a lot of excitement. So get your hands dirty, get started. I think that's kind of the biggest piece of wisdom I want to give away. Just get started somehow and learn about this space. It's going to change the world. Excellent. Um, obviously, NVIDIA.com is the gateway to myriad resources about all of this stuff and then some. But any uh, particular places online you direct listeners to start if they want to learn about LLMs at NVIDIA specifically? Yeah, go to nvidia.com and, and go to our generative AI web pages and uh, learn about all the different tools and offerings through there. There's also a whole bunch of you know blogs that we have that try to educate developers on, on the different technologies. But even apart from NVIDIA, you know, just go to the internet. You know, there's a whole bunch of great, great you know YouTube videos and and, and uh, medium articles and stuff just out there that's that's ready to be you know, consumed. So excellent. Well, AC, thank you so much for the time and, and all of the, the insight and knowledge. And um, I want to make some kind of bad joke about, you know, well, let's catch up again in six months when, when everything's changed 180 degrees. And uh, but, but I would imagine, you know, whether it's six months or a little further down the line, we'll have to do it again and um, recalibrate on the state of the art and all the great stuff you guys are working on. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'll be looking forward to, to that. Thanks for, thanks for chatting. I enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you. Thank you.